Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend some time focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Rachel, Employability and Careers Consultant with the University of Exeter. You can catch up on all of our episodes by doing all of those subscribing and following things. We're on Spotify and iTunes. Hi, welcome. My name's Helen Hicks. I work for the Career Zone and I work in the programmes team looking after green consultants. If you haven't heard about the Green Consultants programme in the past, it's an extracurricular programme where students who might be interested in a career in sustainability consulting or environmental consulting can pick up all the different skills and knowledge needed to apply for graduate jobs. It doesn't matter what discipline they come from, it's open to everybody and that's what I coordinate mostly on a day-to-day. Today I'm joined by Alice and Barnaby who are out there in the graduate world doing graduate jobs in the field. So welcome Alice and Barnaby and can I ask you to introduce yourselves? Yeah, so hi, I'm Alice Dunsmore. I graduated in July 2021. I studied a Bachelor of Art Honours in Geography with the European Studies. So I suppose my degree was always quite focused towards sustainability and green kind of jobs. I'm Barnaby Taggart. I uh, graduated in 2018 doing PSC Geography. And I, I would say that there wasn't quite such a natural link between what I do now and, and my degree, but there's a lot that I would uh, still take from that. Wow, so what are your current job roles and what companies do you work for? So I'm working as a, an environmental advisor at a company called Costain. Costain is a construction company uh, based within the UK. Some of their projects include HS2, the A30 expansion project, and um, hopefully the project surrounding uh, building a tunnel under Stonehenge is some of the kind of more famous ones. Well, how I got my role. I actually saw Helen's job advert on the LinkedIn group for Green Consultants, sent Costain an email saying I'd be interested actually for their internship. And then they saw my CV and asked me to interview for the environmental advisor role. So it's all thanks to Helen that I actually have a job. So that's nice. (laughs) That's great to hear. (laughs) Yeah. Within my time at Exeter, I kind of try to do anything that the careers hub could help me with. So in my first year, I had a mentor with a woman from Bloomsburg who taught me a lot about how to lay out my CV and how a job can take you all around the world, which was something I wanted to do. And then I had numerous CV workshop opportunities and I also got my uh, extra award. And then Within my final year of uni, I was part of the Green Consultant Scheme, which helped me get the skills that I needed, literally that I use in the day to day in my current role. Brilliant. That's good to hear too. Yeah. Um, and how about you, Barnaby? What's your current role? Who do you work for? So I work for BW, a company that does office refurbishments and sort of similar university campuses and um, a lot of, sort of commercial retail. Previously, I worked as a waste officer at the Environment Agency. It's a bit of a jump there. But for my time extra, similarly, I did the Green Consultancy in my second year because I didn't have a lot of, sort of practice at the sort of audits and things like that that were really needed and sort of recommendations similarly on laying out CVs, but also making use of the sort of one-to-one career sessions just to sort of give a bit of a better plan as to how I would get into 
or who get involved in the sustainability sector with not really much background beyond my degree in that area. So they recommended to me the Green Consultant Scheme, which I did in my second year. So yeah, after doing some sort of waste audits around the campus and seeing you know, quite how many uh, glass bottles and uh, I should say, you know, containers related to alcohol were in the bins on Saturday morning, I ended up simply doing an internship at, at Costain over the summer. And then that helped me to get a job in yeah, the Environment Agency the following year. And then, yeah, more recently, say I moved on right, so I can take more of a leading role in sustainability itself, which is a bit easier sort of at my current company because it's about 250 employees. It's quite dynamic and there's, yeah, there's a lot more hands-on impact I can make at a smaller company, I think. Fab, interesting. So did you always want to work for the Environment Agency? No, sorry, I, I more wanted to, well, I was always clear from the beginning I wanted to work in the environmental or sustainability sector, but I wasn't sure really where. It depended what, what sort of became available for my skills. And I think the Environment Agency was one of the ones that I could work for that didn't require you to have a master's. And I think at the time, so I would say to, to current students now, I think it's, it's become very much something that you are sort of expected to have. It's quite challenging to get into the industry if you don't have a master's. But that's sort of how I ended up going that way. And then, um, yeah, I ended up, I ended up here. So your, your green consultant's waste audit took you straight to a waste officer role at the Environment Agency. That's, that sounds a bit direct. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. I think um, I would agree with Barnaby in terms of having a master's can be really helpful, but I do think that if you have enough experience in roles such as like the Green Consultant Scheme, it can almost help you bypass having to do a master's by getting ex extra experience there. So don't panic if you can't afford one or you don't actually want to do one also. So do either of you have masters? No. I and you're in the industry fairly recently. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good to know. So in the jobs that you do now, what impact do you have on sustainability? I, how is the world different because you do your job? So my day-to-day -day role is reducing the amount of diesel, which is used on construction sites across London for HS2. So I'm kind of making a, a hands-on, I guess, reduction. So now I think it's only one or two sites across London are using diesel and everyone else is re using renewable fuels or things such as solar and hydrogen and biofuels. So that's, I suppose, how I'm making a difference there. And hopefully that will just keep going to more, better renewable sources over time as my work kind of continues. That's, I guess, my main role, along with some other little side projects. Yeah, that's really tangible, isn't it? Straight litres of diesel. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Easy to see the reduction. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Uh, how about you, Barnaby? So I think a lot of what I do at the minute is trying to sort of guide within my team, ask wider company environmental strategies is sort of imagine so for a lot of what we do I'll just explain a bit the background with construction as well as can mention as well one of the worst things is concrete but we don't really have much concrete because the jobs of many refurbishing buildings are already existing so a lot of what we do is trying to avoid wasting materials that could be reused elsewhere so currently at the minute you know if you've got a lot of things like wood lighting sort of materials like metals from sort of flooring things like that that are sort of underneath your carpets things like that if they get thrown away these embodied carbon is very very high it's wasting then to generate the new materials so basically but what i do is sort of facilitating company-wide how can we enact strategies that reduce that amount of waste 
increase the reuse and, and also uh, ideally benefits of the wider community. I think there's a lot of talk at the moment about social value as a sort of a concept and that leads yeah, directly onto the sustainability development goals. And so what we've been doing this year is looking at our company strategy and actually where can we really build this into the, the work we do and yeah, sort of actually look at reuse that would directly benefit the community a bit more. So some things we've sort of got partnerships with is sort of local wood collectives, things like that, that the timber can go, directly go to them and things like, um, so I was at one of them uh, recently. But yeah, so social collective where the timber is used by adults with learning difficulties to build materials, which are then sold to the public. It gives them great experience of being in a job where they can sort of learn skills and then hopefully they can go into sort of the wider wider workforce and gain confidence, things like that. So it's things like that, really, but um, it's trying to build it in as a more structured way rather than very much ad hoc, because I appreciate that it's not always top of the agenda of, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the managers dealing with some of the projects we have. So it's trying to make it as easy for them as possible and streamline the process. Fantastic. Well, that's great. And what an interesting project. So, Alice and Barnaby, what is something that surprised you about working in your current job? I think... One thing that surprised me was the amount of uh, bureaucracy involved in every kind of decision, even when everyone on the team is on board about a certain decision, it has to go through many, many levels often to get something through. So that is something to consider when you're trying to make big changes. You have to, I can be quite an impatient person at times. So that's something that has been slightly tested within the work, workforce. I want to kind of make the big changes now, but I have to kind of give it time, let everyone that needs to be in on the decision have the time to go through it. And then, yeah, have actually make the decision there and then. I'm not sure if you find the same thing, Barnaby. Yeah, no, I can absolutely size with that. It's very much you have to tailor all your different strategies to a certain person who, you know, in a particular team who sees it a particular way. And that, that is very time consuming. So I definitely agree with that. The other thing I'd, I'd say is that um, I find it quite interesting how a lot of what we do on these sort of things is what seem in, in practice very small changes. You know, you're, you're very much chipping away, but then actually you can sort of gain the momentum and can push through bigger changes. But it takes it takes a lot of time so moving on the small ones first. It's sort of very much gaining momentum towards that. I think we do sort of as a generation want to sort of jump in straight away and make massive changes. But in order sort of to get by sort of the key decision makers over, you do sort of need to start small and work your way up. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I think they're really good points. I think it's the difference between theoretical and practical, isn't it? When you actually get to do it, it's what you want to do and what you can do. Can yeah, be quite different sometimes. So if you weren't doing your current jobs, if you were to start again in some magic way straight out of, you know, if you pick any job, I suppose, that's my question. If you pick any job, what would you be? I do really enjoy what I do and, and I've always wanted to be in the environment and sustainability field. But I think I also do love to travel. So potentially like a travel journalist, <laughs> but uh, I do like the impact that I can make within my role. So and that potentially wouldn't be as obvious or as easy to get within the journalism role. You'd want to be sort of some travelling environment advisor. Basically, who... yeah. If that's a thing, that's what I'd like. <laughs> let's, hope, let's hope it becomes a thing. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm Barnaby. So 
similar, really. I sort of think, um, I say I always wanted to be in, in this sector, etc. Um, and I, I enjoy my role, what I do. But I think when I first started out, I was quite keen on the idea of potentially sort of being more, more sort of the ecology side of it rather than the sustainability side. But I think it sort of came to the conclusion that I think that actually a lot of what seems to be done, this sort of things is, is relocating. There's a lot more opportunity in sort of wider environment sustainability to sort of make, make changes, really. Yeah, that's great. Do you have any advice for current students? Something that you wish you'd known or a lesson that you've learned that was really hard to learn and you'd like to make it easier for someone else? I think try and get as much work experience as possible, even if it's a random one day in an office somewhere. It doesn't actually matter if the sector is actually the one you want to go in. In my second year, I ended up getting two different work experiences at TV production companies, which obviously don't really relate to the sustainability field, but people will still be interested in any work experience that you've done and you gain transferable skills no matter what you do. So gain as much experience as possible. The Careers Hub are there for you to help and any opportunities that they have, I would try and grasp it with two, two hands. The Green Consultant Scheme, I can't recommend enough if you want to go into the sustainability and environmental field, as it's the one piece of work experience that everyone asked me about when I was interviewing, as it's so transferable to that field. So yeah, if you want to be in a kind of green career, I would really recommend. And mentoring scheme, I found helpful when I was in my first year, kind of trying to start out. So if you're potentially earlier within your university kind of journey maybe mentoring and having those workshops cv workshops the extra award it's really helpful and then just getting the work experience within the holidays or maybe within exeter if you can find um, a company that would is what you want to do is what i'd recommend and don't give up in the graduate uh, application process because it does take a long time but you get there eventually and be hard Yeah. yeah great thank you alice Similarly, I'd um I'd fully agree to everyone to to join to the Green Consultant Scheme, especially if you don't have you don't have a lot of experience, you don't have some contacts in the field. It's a great way of sort of gaining practical experience that you can then talk about interviews and things like that. You can demonstrate your ability to do things like auditing, time management, communication, things like that, which was a lot of what I remember doing when we were there, sort of engaging with stakeholders, because that's very much the sort of thing you would you would do out in the wider field. But um to touch on what Alice said as well, I'd I'd absolutely agree to take any opportunity you can even if it's only a day or two, because as much as it's not just the experience as well, you don't know when you might come across some of these connections again. You might meet people that further down the line you get an opportunity to sort of work with and you don't won't necessarily know who or when that would be. People obviously move around, but I've, I've seen quite a few people I've worked with before pop up in other places and it's always good to sort of start building your network, really. So any opportunity you can. And also the other thing I'd say is obviously it's not, something that's going to be possible for everyone but if you are offered the opportunity to do a role even if it's for a couple of days even if it's unpaid then that can still be really useful so for me before I was working at the environment agency sort of after I graduated I was offered through contacts my previous network who and word of mouth the opportunity to do a sort of unpaid project looking into whether we could recycle or upcycle certain types of uh, products for a telecoms company uh, and again that gave me really valuable experience looking into sort of upcycling recycling those sort of options and sadly, I think in the end, it wasn't it wasn't really possible for us actually to do it, partly because of the uh, 
VAR and HC changing the rules to say it had to go to a incineration, which is very ironic, both for me and for, you know, for the people I was sort of uh, doing the project on behalf of. But I think, again, there's a lot I took from that. I know that won't be possible for everyone, but it, it's similar. Any kind of opportunity like that, you're able to sort of get involved with, get your teeth into, is a great sort of practice for the roles that you, you need in, in the sector. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been really nice talking to you and hearing your stories and how you've got to where you're going and the differences that you're making every day. You go to work for a purpose and it's great. I just want to say if anyone, these two have done Green Consultants as a programme, if anyone else wants to do it, it, you can find all the information on just search Green Consultants at Exeter University and it will come up and everyone's always welcome to join in. This was the Career Zone podcast brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. Check out iTunes and Spotify to keep up with all of our regular releases. And if you'd like us to cover something else in another episode, just send us a message, hashtag CareerZonePodcast at UOE Careers on Twitter or at UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone on Instagram. And we'll follow up in one of the next episodes.